you could hire the general of the media department of the Pentagon and get great security and amateur results. Or you could hire the best filmmaker on the planet, which was Stanley Kubrick, who in 1968, what a coincidence, was shooting a film about going to the moon. So in his contract with Warner Brothers about the film Eyes Wide Shut, he insisted that it open on a particular day, and he refused to sign the contract unless it opened on that particular day. Well, that date was July 16th, 1999, the 30th anniversary of the alleged trip to the moon. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. I have to thank you so much for tuning in. This is one you won't want to miss. That was Bart Sabrell talking about the involvement of Stanley Kubrick in the faked moon missions. And in this one, Bart Sabrell shares some blockbuster information about NASA and Kubrick, moon buggies, and murder. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Gold prices could surge to $4,000 an ounce in 2023, and Noble Gold Investments has the details. As recession fears persist, Jorg Keener, Chief Investment Officer of Swiss Asia Capital, said that many economies could face a bit of a recession in the first quarter, which would lead to many central banks slowing their pace of interest rate hikes, making gold instantly more attractive. If 2022 taught us anything at all, it's that tangible assets are the only assets you can count on, like gold. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. Thousands of people have started to make a move towards securing their retirement. Join them by opening a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments. If you get in before the end of this month, you'll get an incredible free quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's fantastic to have you all back. Hey, did you hear the one about the funny thing that happened on the way to the moon? or the time astronauts went wild. Let's revisit those themes again with filmmaker Bart Sabrell, his book, and we talked about this on August 17th, 2022, the last time Bart was on, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. The background here, guys, is that NASA didn't tell us the whole truth back in 69, 70, 71, as they're now telling us they're preparing astronauts to walk on the moon again did we ever get there to begin with? Well, Artemis is the new manned mission to the moon. And the last time Bart was on, we led with this soundbite. The faking of the moon landing, I just felt in my spirit before I started this, it's blasphemous. It's mankind's greatest accomplishment and it never happened. They embezzled money. They murdered people to keep it a secret and they'll stop at nothing to make sure the truth doesn't come out all right guys it's time to welcome bart back to the show bart how are you sir good sean how about yourself well i'm doing okay and just to remind the audience your book moon man the true story of a filmmaker on the cia hit list recounts your information given to you essentially in a deathbed confession that NASA faked the moon missions, the Apollo missions. And I think you have a bit of an update. We're going to ask for the audience's help to some degree. But do I have that right? All of the missions that we saw, the American people were shown, the moon landings, the moon buggy, I call it the dune buggy that uh, conveniently folded right into the lunar lander. Absolutely impossible in my view. All of those moon landings were filmed, you say, or the whistleblower says, at Cannon Air Force Base in New Mexico. Do I have that right? Well, the first one was filmed there. Uh, we have information that the later missions were filmed in England in a dirigible hangar. However, the first one, because it was the most important one for people to be convinced that the missions were real, and after they accepted that, actually the photography got worse uh but once people accepted it they had to have good security for the first one that's why they filmed it on u.s territory at cannon air force base so our person of interest i did not put his name in the book and if you go to sabrell.com s is in sam i b is in boy r-e-l sabrell.com you'll see his son talking about the deathbed testimony that his father gave him 
And I did not put his name in the book because his son was still alive himself, dying of cancer, and he didn't want to deal with the publicity. His name was Cyrus Eugene Akers, and he was the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. Now, my father was in the Air Force, and I had never heard of Cannon Air Force Base. I had to look it up. Uh, if you go to and, and see it, it's, it's very small. Uh, which is great because you have fewer eyewitnesses. And of course, each branch of the military has basically its intelligence division. Well, guess where the intelligence division for the United States Air Force is located? Cannon Air Force Base. And I remember Bill Casey, a whistleblower at NASA, saying that the faking of the moon landing was generally supervised by the United States Air Force. So it was filmed at Cannon Air Force Base on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, according to eyewitness Cyrus Eugene Akers. Uh, his son told me uh, the deathbed confession of his father. He lived right across from Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. And so I already knew that the moon missions were fake from photographic evidence, logical evidence that they can't have 1,000 times greater space traveling capability in 1969 than they do today, where they can only go 1,000 the distance to the moon, even though we have five decades better technology, right? I mean, that's the only time in world history that technology was greater in the past and in the future, which is impossible, which means they didn't go. Then we have, of course, the classified footage of a one-foot model of the Earth that they're pretending is floating in space. The lights come up. You see it's a model. And we have a third track of audio of the CIA telling them how to fake the shot. Then we have shadows intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart, which can't be duplicated in sunlight where shadows are parallel. You can prove the moon landing is fake from that one picture. And then lastly, we have a deathbed confession from Cyrus Eugene Akers, who was chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base. He stood beside President Johnson while they filmed the faking of the moon landing June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. He gave us a list of 15 people who President Johnson personally gave him and said, these people are allowed in to observe. That list is published in my book, Moon Man, which is at sabrell.com on audio, which I read myself, Kindle or print. And half these people I had heard of, like Von Braun, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin were there. Uh, the other half I did not hear of, a couple of people from the NSA, the CIA, and one science fiction consultant who's still alive today, Robert Emenager, who was there, I guess, giving his advice on how realistic the sets look. Interesting note, the same Robert Emenager goes around telling everybody UFOs are real. Hmm. Uh, they're apparently just as real as the moon landings are. So why they want people to believe in UFOs is anybody's guess. But And it gets even worse. Uh, his son passed away, and there was actually more to his deathbed confession that I did not publish in the book. First of all, I now disclose his name, Cyrus Eugene Akers. We've confirmed he was in the Air Force. You can go and see his tombstone, and it says so right there on his tombstone. He was in the Air Force. We have his military uniform and badges and so forth. The Air Force has tried to scrub uh, the fact that he was ever in the Air Force. If you use a Freedom of Information Act, which was done, they have no record that he was in the Air Force, even though we have pictures of him in the Air Force. So once it got out that we had this information, they tried to you know, cover it up. Even at one point, Cannon Air Force Base boasted on their website the honor of President Johnson visiting their base in 1968. In fact, Robert Emenager wrote in another book of his that he was at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 for, quote, classified reasons. So we have, you know, more than one source that verifies that these events did take place. The part that we've never mentioned before, and not in the book because his son was still alive, is Cyrus Eugene Akers confessed to more than just the faking of the moon landing on his deathbed. Bart, let's tease it right there. We're going to stop you right there. Okay. Because I think this sure. is the most important part of this interview with you is this new information and we need the audience's help. But I do want to back up just for a second. For anyone listening that still believes that NASA, with the technology we had more than 50 years ago, 
successfully got men to the moon multiple times and returned them safely. If you, dear listener, believe that, I just want to discuss a couple of smoking guns, the smoking guns that I believe prove that didn't actually happen. Who was the gentleman you mentioned who says UFOs are real? What was that guy's name? Robert Emenager. Uh, he did a, a series of TV shows, I think, in the 70s or 80s. Uh, promoting the idea that he had, you know, classified footage of UFOs okay. that he couldn't show for All some right. reason. And you were positing, why would they want us to believe that now? Here's my response. Werner von Braun, the father of rocketry, okay, the brains behind these Apollo missions, he knew we didn't have the technology to get to the moon. So on his tombstone, I think he left us a very important secret, Psalms 19, verse 1. The heavens declareth the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Beyond that, Carol Rosen, Von Braun's assistant for years and years and years, tells the story that Von Braun said to her on multiple occasions, he drilled it into her head that what was coming, the final card to be played would be a fake alien invasion. And then he would repeat to me over and over and the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. He told her, don't believe it. Don't ever believe it. That will happen. That is the final card. The powers that ought not be will play to deceive the people into accepting their one world government, a fake alien invasion. All right. Now, with that said, I just want to show folks what I think is the smoking gun that proves there's no way we went to the moon. Guys, recall the lunar lander was so small that it could hardly hold three men, much less three grown men, wearing their full astronaut suits. But because the American people were so pacified back then in the 70s, they got bored of these missions, it became easier and easier for NASA to lie, so much so that they say they brought a dune buggy to the moon. Bart, as we're watching this, I'm not gonna break it. I'll turn down the volume a bit. As we're watching this, just remind people about how preposterous this is. What did NASA get away with? How much money did they steal? What did this moon buggy cost? Just that alone well, is interesting. Yeah, in today's dollars, the moon buggy cost $100 million each, even though it had about, you know, one-fifth the parts in a Jeep from World War II. And, you know, the main thing you can prove that the lunar... Uh, lander moon buggy uh, is not genuine is the fact that you just have to think about it if if your only way of surviving is the lunar module would you really drive several miles away from it and if the car broke down you'd have to walk back and you run out of oxygen before you arrived i mean would you really take that chance so the idea that they would just drive you know miles away from the landing site nobody would actually do that um, i mean you're right that people were complaining after they went to the moon the second time that they had seen it why are you interrupting reruns of i love lucy that's why the next mission apollo 13 on april 13th at 1313 military time had a quote accident to add drama you know to the equation the fact is uh they cannot duplicate the moon landings no nation on earth can do it there's never been a technical milestone in the history of mankind that couldn't be far surpassed, not even duplicated 50 years later. Well, like I agree. When, and we talk about yeah. that every time you're on. If I could interrupt, though, let's just stay on this. The lunar lander. Isn't it convenient that NASA has lost all of the telemetry data? They've lost all of the architect and engineer blueprints, right? They've lost everything that would prove that they went to the moon. And I think it's pretty key to be able to share with the people, if this story is true, how they transported this, I think, very heavy dune buggy, fully equipped with tires, how they folded that up into the lunar lander. That's what they claim they did. They claimed it folded neatly up into the lunar lander and then just miraculously unfolded. They could drive it around, no problem. By the way, the battery technology back then, far better than Tesla and uh, Elon Musk have today, evidently. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it would throw off the center of balance while they were landing, so that, that wouldn't work. And then the whole idea that you could power the lunar module itself for three or four days in 250-degree heat with air conditioning nonstop and get it down to 72 degrees, I mean, that can't be done. In fact, astronaut Don Pettit of NASA didn't say that they lost the blueprints. He said that they intentionally destroyed them. Now, that doesn't make sense. I mean, if you spend an equivalent of $200 billion developing a technology, you don't throw it all in the furnace when you're done with it, right? Maybe they should have done that with the atomic bomb, but they didn't. Just 10 years after the atomic bomb was first blown in 1945, atomic bombs were 1,000 times more powerful. So if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth of computing power of a cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later we'd be in another solar system by now and there'd be bases all over the moon. 100% right. And let me just show you this. Yeah. I hate to interrupt, but you know, I get excited about this topic. I got to show you this. NASA got away with all of this back 50 years ago. They're doing it to the people again, right? So Artemis, we're taking men back to the moon, they say, and they're testing a new lunar rover. So if you believe them once, friends, evidently you'll believe them again. You can comment on that. And then I want to ask you about why they shot the rest of the faked missions in England and how that might relate to Stanley Kubrick. But your thoughts here, a new lunar rover for the Artemis missions. Well, first of all, there are some distinctions between them allegedly going to the moon on the first attempt with 1969 technology. You know, no aerospace endeavor has ever gotten off the ground on the first attempt in the history of aviation. Not the Wright Brothers kite plane, not the 747 which took 168 attempts to get the fuselage off the ground. Only the most complicated aerospace endeavor worked the first time. And NASA has never kept a schedule, ever, except the most complicated one of all time. They were ahead of schedule. They said in 2014, they're going to have an unmanned probe orbiting the moon in 2018. And it took them until 2023 I guess, to, to do that, or was it last year, 2022? So they were four years behind schedule with five decades better technology just to put an unmanned probe around the moon. If you believe Correct. it, because I don't see any Correct. HD video coming from those missions. I don't see anything conclusive. And I certainly don't see any HD video of Earth being shot from the moon, which I'd really like to see. Yeah, I mean, if I were in charge of a real mission to the moon, I would put a camera on the side of the rocket and have a 24 hour channel of the moon getting closer, closer and closer and closer uninterrupted, you know, all the way down, which they've never done. The, the interesting thing, a couple of points is that they sent mannequins to orbit the moon. Now, I mean, why did they do that? That's pretty unusual, isn't it? According to uh, the latest reports from NASA themselves, uh, Kelly Smith said, and you can see all of these clips. My book is interactive. It has 15, sorry, 16 video clips in it. And you can see all these for free at sabrell.com. Go to the top left button. One of them is Kelly Smith from NASA plainly stating, he says word for word, that the technology necessary for an astronaut to survive the trip of leaving Earth orbit to the moon, that that technology has yet to be invented because of space radiation. So that's why there's mannequins on board Artemis. And then they just published an article a few weeks ago that says in order to carry humans to the moon and the necessary fuel, water, and oxygen, they're gonna have to make multiple fuel trips to Earth orbit in order to have enough fuel to go from Earth orbit to the moon. Then how did they do it in one rocket in 1969 when with newer technology, it takes multiple fuel trips? That's what Von Braun originally said in his publications. He said these mathematical numbers are irrefutable. You'd have to build a space station first, ferry the necessary fuel up to the space station, and then and only then would you have enough fuel to land on the moon. And what a surprise when they, quote, return to the moon, that's the way they have to do it. But they never did that the first time, which is kind of interesting. So it seems a little odd that this is the state of the world that we live in. And as from the first clip that you showed of the last interview, yeah, it, it dawned on me 
that when, if mankind's greatest accomplishment is putting a man on the moon, which is what it would be if it were true, and the fact that it is complete forgery, and Nixon had the audacity to say putting a man on the moon when he knew they weren't there was the greatest event since creation, it really is a spiritual blasphemy. The faking of the moon landing, yes, it proves that our federal government is corrupt beyond measure. It also proves the state of mankind is being completely lost, that we can't uh, tell the truth about what is our great accomplishment. It also proves that the people who run our government are juvenile. I mean, why didn't they just tell the truth? Hey, we set a goal, we can't do it. But the fact that they faked it is really an immature thing to do. They're also kleptocrats. So again, rinse and repeat, loot the American people. And I'll, of course, let you keep going on that thought, but uh, I do want to segue at some point to the possibility that Stanley Kubrick played a role in the filming of the moon missions because Stanley Kubrick had a relationship with NASA. In fact, they allowed him to use very, very rare NASA-only lenses for the filming of Barry Lyndon, which was shot completely without lights. He shot it all with natural lighting. So the world's greatest director, who also, by the way, had final cut, except for we wonder what happened with Eyes Wide Shut, 24 minutes of that film, was never shown to the people of the world because the people who controlled Warner Brothers absolutely freaked out when they saw the first cut of Eyes Wide Shut. Kubrick reminded them he had final cut. He was dead a week later. So as we go back to this lunar lander footage, I would buy this hook, line, and sinker in 1969, 70, 71, 72. But I think this is pretty convincing footage aside from all the things we just said. Technically, it's not possible. You can't fold up a moon buggy. Do you think Kubrick directed at least the first mission? I, I suspect he was in charge of Apollo 11. Uh, after 1968, he refused to ever come to America again, I think for fear of dying in a plane crash. Uh, basically, the moon missions are fake. Therefore, somebody was in charge of the fake photography. You basically had two choices. You could hire the general of the media department at the Pentagon and get great security and amateur results. Or you could hire the best filmmaker on the planet, which was Stanley Kubrick, who in 1968, what a coincidence, was shooting a film about going to the moon. And you would have great results and you'd have to worry about security later. They had to have as a priority the short-term benefit of realistic pictures. If you can't convince people through the photography, you're sunk. So they had to have chosen Kubrick. In fact, some people know, and there's a few documentaries about it, in the film The Shining, the little red rum boy has a hand-knit shirt in one scene that says Apollo 11. And I suspect that either Kubrick's death was faked or he had a great suspicion that his death was around the corner. Because not only are there pictures of him at NASA talking to the flight director, and yes, it is true, NASA gave him the first use of a lens that could photograph under low light, which he used for Barry Lyndon. It's also a fact that he stipulated in his contract that his last film, Eyes Wide Shut, open on a particular day. The most famous picture of a person allegedly on the moon is Buzz Aldrin standing with his arm bent. You know, there's so many clues that that is a fake picture right in front of your eyes, especially his arm being leisurely bent at 90 degrees when it's supposed to be pressurized, which it's not pressurized because there's wrinkles all in the suit. I mean, how many wrinkles are in a balloon? So it's like you can see right there that it's not even pressurized, but you don't see it because your eyes are wide shut. You're predisposed to believing that it's real. So in his contract, with Warner Brothers about the film Eyes Wide Shut, he insisted that it open on a particular day, and he refused to sign the contract unless it opened on that particular day. They said he's eccentric, what difference does it make? Let's give it to them. Well, that date was July 16, 1999, the 30th anniversary of the alleged trip to the moon. So, I think Kubrick uh, was definitely involved. That's who I would have chosen. And 
I think they probably retired him, either faked his death or, or executed him, because a lot of the people I've been tracking since I started this investigation 30 years ago died at either the age 70, like he did, or at 69. I remember the day that he died, I signed on to the internet, and I think I had AOL at the time, which had news, and it said Kubrick dies at the age of 70. His wife says, quote, there were no suspicious circumstances regarding his death, quote. And I'm thinking, that's a weird thing to say. That's like getting pulled over by the cops for speeding and saying, I had nothing to do with that bank robbery. You know, and it's like, well, why did she say that? Because there were suspicious circumstances regarding his death and she wanted the killing to stop. So she wanted to cooperate, you know, with the entities that did it. You can go to sabrell.com, get a cheap copy of Moon Man on, you know, Kindle audio that I read or print, and you'll hear the following or read the following. Cyrus Eugene Aker's son, whose name was Gene, uh, who was my main source for this new information. Basically, he gave me this list that his father gave him from President Johnson about these 15 people. I called up a couple of the people on the list at the request of some friends of mine who wanted to get a reaction out of them. And I'd maybe trace who they called. Well, they definitely called somebody because I called up Eugene Krantz and told them that his name was on the list of people at Cannon Air Force Base. And two days later, Gene's house was broken into when he was out and all the information and documentation about his father's participation in this fraud was confiscated. And then two days after that, two people who identified themselves as government employees said that if he ever spoke to me again, they would kill him and his family. Now this was about two years ago. So this is very serious. The government, is afraid that if the truth comes out about the moon landing fraud, it will be the finger out of the dike that will collapse the government. You know, whoever killed Kennedy, he's still dead. Whoever did 9-11, they're still dead. Unlike those lies, this was a positive lie. People waved their flag. They teared up. They got down on their knees and prayed. They gave them medals of honor. They put it in the encyclopedia. They put it on stamps. They put it on coins. For the public to find out that that was all a lie, even though this particular fraud probably killed the fewest number of people, I believe the exposure of this lie would cause the greatest outrage of the American public, more than 9-11, more than who shot JFK. And maybe it will come out. You know, I fear for the surviving astronauts because you know about snakes, they will eat their own children. And so the government didn't have a problem killing the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the, on the moon. This isn't my opinion. This is the opinion of the dead man's wife and the dead man's son, who's a 747 pilot that the crew of Apollo 1 was murdered by the CIA. So they are they're killing their own people. So beware surviving astronauts because they're not going to let you get a conscience on your deathbed or become senile and ramble and say something wrong again. They're going to take care of business. And so I suggest that somebody else come forward. It's remarkable that we have this deathbed confession from Cyrus Eugene Akers. I already knew that it was fake. We had more than enough proof to prove it. And yet when you hear I was there, I stood beside President Johnson. It's just, you know, another chill goes down your spine when you know where it was filmed, when it was filmed, and a list of 15 people who were there at the time, some of whom are still alive right now. So... What does all this mean? You know, it means that our government are and, and our government is really no different than the governments of the world as far as corruption goes, other than we're the, quote, leader of the world governments. That means our world is run by a bunch of murderous criminals who are enslaving the people under their care. I mean, if you have to ask permission to open your business, permission to go shopping, permission to ride your bicycle, permission to go to the beach, permission to travel, then you're a slave. 
And they say statistically that human slavery is greater now than at any other time in human history. And what's the best way of having a slave? To make them think that they're free, to trick them into thinking that they're free. The land of the free. It's also said, Sean, we have the best health care in the world. The exact opposite is true. 70% of Americans are taking prescription medicine, which means 70% of Americans are sick. Is there any other country in the world that has 70% of their population ill? That means whatever country they're in has the worst health care in the world because it's producing two thirds of the people, almost three quarters who are ill constantly. Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. Noble Gold Investments wants to let you know that gold was the best investment class for 2022. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. According to longtermtrends.net, gold actually outperformed the S&P, the Dow, and Bitcoin in 2022. So what are you waiting for? Open a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments this month and receive a free one quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000 or more. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. You know, I saw a statistic the other day that said, uh, I'm going off memory, I probably have this wrong, but something like 30%, it could be higher than that. 30% of people who need medical procedures are holding off on getting those procedures because the cost is prohibitive. They can't afford it. So you make a really good point. And uh, you mentioned people being tricked, tricked into believing they're free when really we are part of a slave system. We've got Arthur C. Clarke here, pictured with Stanley Kubrick repeatedly on the set of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, They had a relationship that spanned more than just this feature film, 2001, in my view, because if we scroll back up here, I think we see Arthur C. Clarke, Arthur Clarke walking with Stanley Kubrick with these guys from NASA. Back then, the trick was to get the people to believe getting to the moon was simple, that we are just a speck of dust, a pale blue dot hurtling through the universe and time and space, and we're meaningless. We are the result of a big bang. So I think the whole thing lock, stock, and barrel is a trick. It's a rich man's trick, just like all wars are a rich man's trick, Bart. Well, yeah, these people are in clubs. I mean, Kubrick knew Clark and Clark knew Aldrin. Buzz and I have spoken uh, off the record on numerous occasions. I was at a party with him and Arthur C. Clark. (laughs) And um, they all know each other. They're all part of this club. I don't know if it's Illuminati or whatever they are. I was there as a guest, as a press person. And what's going on behind the scenes, I have no idea. Other than Buzz has told me that I am correct and good luck proving it. He also told me he believes in God, and that's why he did not swear on the Bible. I apologized for provoking him, and I apologized for uh, speaking to an elder disrespectfully. I mean, I've lied, and I've stolen, and I've been a coward myself. The, the word that upset him so much during the punch was coward. And I've studied this out recently, biblically. Uh, I think it's the second to the last chapter of Revelation. It lists certain people who, if they don't repent, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Sexual immorality is mentioned, stealing is mentioned, drunkenness is mentioned. But you know what the first one is on the list? The cowardly. Hmm. You see, the reason why, to this day, Buzz Aldrin will not tell the truth is because he's afraid to look bad. He's afraid that all this, you know, stuff he allegedly pulled out of the closet that he took with him to the moon and made hundreds of thousands of dollars on coins and paper clips and buttons that were never on the moon that he sold at uh, Southern Bee's auction. And then, of course, all his, you know, interviews, hundreds of interviews in which he lied, and then all of his relatives, he, he lied to them as well. To come clean after all of that would make him look bad, at least in his mind. 
And so he's afraid to look bad. I would be more afraid of looking bad on judgment day to God. I don't know about you, Sean, but I think about my eternal destiny pretty much every day and judgment day every day. They say don't put all your eggs in one basket, but I do. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Things don't make themselves. A car doesn't make themselves, and neither does the departmentalization of the human body. A bee and a flower can't evolve knowing they're entirely dependent on one another. That just can't happen. So people deny God so that there's no moral accountability so that they can just do whatever they want. If there's a God, then they have to stop sinning. Therefore, they'll create an excuse why there's not a God. The issue really isn't the things of this world. The issue is really the things of the next world, after which we'll either be dead forever after Judgment Day or alive forever. And all that we have to do is to confess our sin. The interesting thing, though, Sean, is, you know, in all of our years of watching the news, have we ever seen a news story? where a person who was at large for robbery, rape, murder, whatever, got a conscience and turned themselves in. I've never seen it. And yet that's all that we have to do to live forever. And that's what Buzz Aldrin needs to do. I, I actually like the guy. He's not my enemy. I consider him a friend. I think he's got an outstanding personality and a great zeal for life. And he was suckered in to doing this you know, wrong. And because of its historical significance and spiritual significance, I think he should tell the truth and especially for his own sake. Yeah. And the sooner the better. And what would happen? I mean, just imagine, Sean, for a minute. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, writer. I have a vivid imagination. Imagine what it would be if we both got a phone call and our phones keep ringing. Hey, stop what you're doing. Turn on the TV and Buzz Aldrin is tearfully confessing the moon landings were fake. You know what that would be like to me, Sean? It would be like the whole world of those people who are deceived about this had a glass of water thrown in their face and they wake up, they're sleepwalking and they're one foot away from a cliff. That's what would happen in the minds of people. They, they would be refreshed. You know, telling the truth about the moon landing fraud is unpleasant. And it's like, you know, cutting off a gangrened limb. But if you don't cut it off, the whole body will die. Cutting it off, you know, is a sad thing. But what choice do we have? It's got to be done. You have to face the evil if you want to meet your maker and be left whole because everybody will be judged. And I just want to say one more thing here. I think you might be right about Buzz being a decent person. I think these men were pawns in a far larger game. And you touched on it earlier in the interview when there was a flash fire on the launch pad and Gus Grissom, Edward White, and Roger Chaffee were burned alive. Why? Because Gus Grissom could not contain himself. He wanted the people to know this thing was a lemon. I think he actually hung a lemon outside the capsule to, just to make his point. He was making enemies at NASA and with the CIA because he knew this thing was not going to get them to the moon. He was concerned about it. So I think these men were pawns. And to flesh that out further, in your confrontation, in one of your confrontations, I think it was with Buzz Aldrin in Astronauts Gone Wild, he says, talk to the administrators. You show him video that they were clearly faking, faking being near the moon when they were really in near Earth orbit. He understands what he's seeing. He understands you've got the goods. He says, hey, man, talk to the administrators. We were just passengers on a ride. They were pawns in a far larger game, Bart. Yeah, he did a couple admissions that I was correct on camera. That's why he threatened to sue me if I showed his admissions on camera to anybody. He basically said he was a passenger, uh, that they both, him and Neil Armstrong, were passengers, plural, meaning they just orbited the Earth. They were never pilots. And that they didn't fake the moon landing. That was NASA's responsibility. And then he said, because I do have this footage, that's in a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. You can see it for free at sabrell.com. 
they're faking being halfway to the moon. He says, oh, and this makes you a real famous person for having discovered this. What an ego you must have to want to propel your career with, you know, this way. Well, how would it prepare my, pro propel my career if I'm wrong? So he's admitting that it proves that the moon landings are fake. Now, back to Gus Grissom. I interviewed Betty White for four hours, and I interviewed uh, his son, uh, Scott Grissom, for three hours. Now, I did not put uh, all of this uh, in my film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, because she was still alive, but I was able to put it in my book, and it's the second to the last chapter in the book Moon Man, which you can get at sabrell.com. It's called NASA's Greatest Fear, and the reason is we know they faked the moon landing, but let's just say they faked the moon landing and they didn't kill anybody. Okay, it's a counterfeit you know, currency. It's a counterfeit Picasso, whoop-de-doo, the government lies. Well, you see, it's more than that. Betty Grissom told me that the day before he burned alive, that he came home from work in Houston and said, "Hun." For some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad today. They've never been there before. Why are CIA agents monkeying around with all the equipment at the launch pad? The very next day, the guy was killed by, quote, faulty equipment. So, I mean, that's pretty clear. And you're right. He held an impromptu press conference a few days before where he hung a lemon on the top of the rocket and invited the media in. He said, this thing is a lemon. We're 10 years away from going to the moon, not two. So he wouldn't cooperate with the faking of the moon landing. And they burned him alive to prove a point so that when Neil Armstrong came along, they said, look, you want that to happen to you as well. That's why Neil Armstrong rarely gave any interviews about it. In fact, I personally went to the archives at NASA, a vault, a literally walk-in safe. And I said, can you please show me one still picture of Neil Armstrong standing on the surface of the moon? They went through the files and scratched their head and went through the files and scratched their head because there isn't one. He refused to be photographed. Now, if you and I went to Paris, how many pictures of us are there with the, you know, the Eiffel Tower in the background? you know, two dozen. And yet there's not a single picture of him. Now the excuse is, well, he's taking the pictures, so he's not in them. Well, I think, you know, if there's a 500 degree difference in temperature from light and shadow and micrometeorites and radiation, you probably have a backup camera, you know, have a camera on both astronauts. But there's no, actually no, no photographs, still photographs of him on the moon. The well, can I say one? Yeah. yeah, I know. Can I say yeah. one more thing about that? The photographs? Sure. So many beautiful photographs exist. I mean, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds per mission that the math does not add up. These men would have been doing nothing else but taking photographs. We're talking about like one photograph every eight or nine, 10 seconds for the entirety of the mission. That's just one of the smoking guns. There are many. But I think this is a good segue back to Cyrus Eugene Akers, that witness, the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, because the murder of Gus Grissom and two others that's potentially not the first murder. You've got information that suggests there may have been a whistleblower at Cannon Air Force Base that intended to tell the world and something bad happened to that person. Yeah, that's why I think we need uh, help from your viewers, listeners about this. Basically, there were some facts that I did not put in the book because the gentleman's son was still alive, dying of cancer, and he didn't want to deal with the publicity. I didn't mention the actual name of the person, which I now mention. It's Cyrus, C-Y-R-U-S, Eugene Akers, A-K-E-R-S. That was the name of the chief of security at Cannon Air Force Base, who confessed to standing beside President Johnson on June 1st, 1968, as they filmed the fake moon landing at his Air Force base. He said they spent weeks building the set and bringing in pulverized concrete to simulate the powdery surface of the moon. There was something else he confessed to, and actually it's more significant, believe it or not. He personally murdered a coworker to keep it a secret. So there's somebody out there who was an employee, probably in the military, at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 or 1969. We don't know exactly when the murder took place, but it was more than likely 1968 or 1969. 
So if your followers can maybe investigate a little bit, maybe uh, newspapers at the time in that city, Clovis, New Mexico, is not that big of a city. There was either some military personnel at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 or 1969 that had a quote, accidental death, or they simply went missing. This is the person that Cyrus Eugene Akers personally killed. Now, did he tell you that? That is a bombshell thing to tell somebody. But if the man was on his deathbed and he was trying to repent for all of his sins so that he didn't burn in hell for the rest of eternity, it's quite possible this is true. Did he tell you that or did he tell his son that specifically? And then the son told you? Correct. Um, To him, to Cyrus Eugene Akers, the, the more grievous sin wasn't that he helped, you know, the faking of the moon landing. The most grievous sin is that he personally killed another person. And he explained that the reason was to keep the moon landing fraud a secret, which was filmed at his base. So actually, the most important thing to Cyrus on his deathbed was confessing that he murdered somebody. And yeah, he was terminally ill. He was literally dying. And in court, a deathbed testimony has incredible weight. And he confessed to murdering another human being in the hopes of that confession, helping him get right with God. And maybe, maybe that is part of it. And he added that the reason was, is that this coworker also, I witnessed the faking of the moon landing at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 in Clovis, New Mexico. And they thought it was morally wrong. And they were going to go to a reporter and tell the world that our government did this horrible thing and he either did it of his own initiative or he was ordered to do it but he murdered that person and that was what he confessed that I did not put in the book in addition to his name so if maybe one of your followers out there could do a little sleuthing see which person had an accidental act you know death at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 or 69 if there's a record of it, or which person went missing during that time. You can go to sabrell.com, get a copy of the book, and get a lot more information that may help this riddle be solved. Uh, I'm actually doing, God willing, a feature film this year, my first feature film. And uh, the person is ex-military and the, the, the leading actor. And I thought, well, what job could could he have? Well, I gave him the job of being a military executioner uh, based on this information. That's where I got the idea from, for a character in my first feature film. Someone who lives their life with great remorse that they had to kill a whistleblower or, or the likes thereof as part of their duty in the military. And... That's a sad thing. He, he also said, uh, his son did, that when his father was watching the moon landing, um, quote, live on TV and saw it as the, you know, the, the exact thing that he had witnessed a year earlier, he wept and wept that America had stooped so low to doing such a thing. And oddly enough, still justified it. He said, well, they must have had a good reason, you know, for faking it. Well, no, I don't think so. There's no good reason to murder people to cover up a forgery. There's no good reason to embezzle $200 billion from the taxpayers. There's no good reason to kill, you you know, uh, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee. You see, the people who run our country are not only liars, they are murderers. They murder their own people. In fact, Robert McNamara said on his deathbed, that the whole reason why the Vietnam War started, you know, the weapons of mass destruction event, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, it's called, when allegedly a North Vietnamese ship attacked a U.S. ship, the miniature Pearl Harbor, which enraged the public who were previously against the Vietnam War, suddenly they were for it if they're going to attack our guys. Robert McNamara said the CIA and he, they just made that up, never happened. Now that led to the death of three million people. 
including, I think, 58,220 Americans. 58,220 Americans were murdered by liars in the CIA. They murdered the crew of Apollo 1, and they murdered a co-worker whistleblower, and maybe they may, maybe they murdered Kubrick. And I also published in my book that uh, when Bill Casing first appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show and said, uh, we didn't go to the moon, I was there and I know that fact, uh, he was later contacted by one of the Apollo astronauts. And that person uh, told him that he had become a born again Christian and wanted to confess something important. On the day of that confession was to take place, that astronaut had a fatal heart attack. And so we know of multiple homicides that have taken place to keep this a secret. You know, one of the things I point out in my book, Moon Man at Sabral.com, is Dow does protest too much. You know, if the moon landings are real, then anyone who says otherwise is an idiot. So why is there, you know, all these warnings on my videos, you know, from YouTube, don't believe Bart, the moon landings are real. Why are there hundreds of videos on the internet to defend the moon landings, you know, if they're so real? Imagine if I went around saying Mickey Mouse was the first president, not George Washington. Would there be hundreds of videos to defend the fact that George Washington? No. The fact is when something is, uh, made of straw, it has to be supported continually. In fact, if you type in moon landing fraud, you don't get anything about the fraud. You get about how the fraud is wrong. They really went to the moon. I mean, they, that, it's interesting. They always say, uh, Mr. Sabral believes the false claim that uh, the moon missions were fake. Well, the, you know, why do they have to add the word false? That's what claim means. Claim means it could be true, could not be true, but they have to, you know, tell tell people, spoon feed people. And it's really sad because right now, 25% of the American public doubt the authenticity of the moon landings. In other countries, it's much greater than that because they weren't as, you know, brainwashed as we are over here. The fact is people wanted to believe it. The Vietnam War was going on. Tricky Dick Nixon said the greatest threat to the country at the time was people protesting the federal government, and they gave them a pep rally, something to cheer about. I also mentioned on my book the code name for the fake moon landing. Apparently, President Johnson came up with it himself. It's called code name Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk means, you know, at least at the time, he meant it as a guarantee. You know, it's a slam dunk, it'll be easy. And so by faking the moon landing, they could 100% guarantee the mission's success, right? Therefore, it was a slam dunk. And this is the reason why Johnson did not run for re-election, because the faking of the moon landing would be in the next term, and who knew that would work? What if you got caught faking the moon landing, being from Texas, where most of NASA is, and... You know, uh, he didn't want to deal with that. So the idea that it's Republicans against Democrats is not true because the Democratic President Johnson, you know, supervised the faking of the moon landing and Republican Richard Nixon gave it the thumbs up and had the audacity to say it was the greatest event since creation when he knew they were never on the moon. Right. Can I ask you something? You said something really important. It's my job as somebody who tries to do decent interviews to listen. And I heard you say something I'd never heard before. Either said Bill Casey or William Casey was on Oprah and admitted we never went to the moon. I've never heard that before. No, William Casey, uh, Bill Casey. He he was an employee with very high security clearance who worked at Rocketdyne. I talk about this in my book. William Casey, believe it or not, his uh, degree and why he was hired by NASA and why he had high security clearance is because he was an English major. And the Pentagon would send you know, memos to Von Braun and Von Braun would send memos back. And German was his native language, not English. And the people at the Pentagon, the generals, were educated in war, not grammar. So he would polish up their grammar so that they would look a little bit more educated than they really were. And in order to do that, he had to have very high security clearance to read what they were saying to one another. He got a memo from from Von Braun 
that told the Pentagon, look, guys, the odds of us going to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth of computing power of a cell phone is one in 10,000 chance, meaning it's a virtual guarantee we're going to kill the crew on live TV if we try to do this. And the United States wasn't about to kill, you know, the crew going to the moon live on television. So they decided to fake it to guarantee the success, a great propaganda tool. And that's what they chose to do. Plus, as you mentioned, they were embezzling all of this money. They only went into Earth orbit. And the classified tape that I found, which you can watch for free at sabrell.com, shows that they're still in Earth orbit three days into the flight. They're, you know, Earth is big out the window yeah. in these unedited clips. So they had already done Earth orbit before. So they probably used maybe 25% of the equivalent $200 billion to you know, fake the moon landing, but they had three quarters of it, $150 billion in today's dollars to do with whatever they wanted to, you know? And what did they do with that money? CNN, by the way, was sold for, I think, just seven and a half billion dollars, which is one half the price of one aircraft carrier. So the coincidence that CNN and the CIA have the exact same ideology, not a coincidence at all. In fact, I know of at least two people at CNN who are literal employees of the CIA. And Woodward and Bernstein published in 1974 that they found a CIA document that showed 400 journalists on the CIA payroll to tell what they want to be told. Well, the CIA, you know, lies. That's what spies do. They lie. Everything is a lie. So most of what you see on the news, unfortunately, is not the truth. They're trying to mislead the public and basically to cover up their crimes. They have to lie to cover up their crimes, right? If you tell the truth about your crimes, you'll get caught. So they're committing all of these crimes at the taxpayer's expense because here's the thing, Sean. We know for a fact that the CIA murdered Virgil Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee on January 27th, 1967 and that the CIA did it. This is the testimony of the dead man's wife and his son. So those salaries were paid by us, right? Or our parents. And the hardware they used to rig a fake fire in a spacecraft and reverse the door to make it more difficult to get out, we paid for that too. So not only are they taking our money and deceiving us, they're using our own money to murder our brothers and sisters who are trying to expose their crimes. Right. And th that's why I quoted Orwell last time, whoever controls the past controls the future. So as long as they're saying the moon landings in the past are real when they're not, those same corrupt entities are controlling our destiny now and in the future. That's why without the moon landing fraud coming out, our government will remain corrupt. So it has to be exposed. There has to be house cleaning. One of the things I talk about in the book, Moon Man at Sabrell.com, is I showed this classified footage to two different news directors at NBC. They both agreed it absolutely proves that the astronauts never left Earth orbit. And one of them said he will not broadcast it because he didn't want to go down in history as the man who caused the next American Civil War. Yeah, and maybe he didn't want government. to get whacked. Yeah, and the other one uh, basically told me that they uh, got a call from the federal government threatening them not to broadcast this footage that I uncovered. And because of that, their exclusive broadcast of this footage from NBC News, national news, was canceled because the federal government told them to cancel broadcasting this footage I uncovered, which proved the moon landing fraud. All of this is in my book at sabrell.com. Well, guys, I just want to say a couple of things here as we wrap it up. You've really moved heaven and earth to try to expose this thing with astronauts gone wild. I'm glad you've made amends with Buzz. And uh, your seminal film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. I don't think it's very funny at all. I think it's a tragedy. Well, it is. When I first popped in the tape of classified footage and it said on the header of it, do not show to the public. And I realized it was them faking being halfway to the moon from Earth orbit. I quietly wept. I, I thought, is this is this our world? Is this the world that I live in? That their greatest accomplishment is a complete complete forgery. 
how sad is that? It's pathetic. Yeah. And to be part of a federal government that does that, both you know, from the blue side and the red side. They killed their own blue president in 1963. So don't think you know one side is better or worse than the other, because that's not true. They want us going after each other, so we won't go after them. You got that right. The Mossad and the CIA murdered our president, John F. Kennedy. And uh, if you want to learn more about what they did regarding these moon missions, quote unquote moon missions, Moon Man is the book, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. You can get it from Amazon. Where else can they get it, Bart? Well, just go to sabrell.com. S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, sabrell.com. And you can get it on audio. I read it myself and Kindle and print. The book is interactive. There are 16 video clips, including uh, the son's deathbed confession of his father's deathbed confession. And... You can get all that at sabrell.com. And I wish the moon missions were, were real, but they're not. And it's important truth historically for us to know. And if we want to have an honest government ever, the truth has to come out. And it's all in my book, Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list, because I discovered audio of an astronaut's son discussing with him, having me assassinated by the CIA. We actually have a recording of that on tape, which would not be necessary if they really went to the moon. Boy, we always have interesting conversations. Guys, our guest has been Bart Sabrell, a filmmaker, an author, and an all-around good guy in my book. Bart, thanks for coming on today. Church Sean, you take care. You too. Friends, thanks so much for sticking with us. If you enjoyed this, please share the video far and wide within your sphere of influence on social media. And for real news 24-7, check us out directly for free at thephaser.com where you can stun them with truth and SGT report. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those mockingbird mainstream media CIA lies. May God bless you and your family. Bye-bye. I can't believe for a moment that the Fed is going to walk willingly, you know, into the noose and say, okay, I'll just, you know, allow myself to be destroyed. And that's why I've been saying, I've been adamant that the Fed's best defense against these people is to raise interest rates.